I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Tristalk Mini Pod for March the 9th, 2021. Uh, it's a little after one o'clock in the morning here on this Tuesday. I appreciate you joining me for another episode of uh, Mini Pod. Well, after the hit job uh, liberals did last week on Dr. Seuss. I really should have expected there to be some more casualties uh, in this war, this culture war that the left is having right now with uh, a lot of uh, books and movies and so forth. Um, and and I'd almost because I've kind of talked about it a little bit on um, on the regular trash talk series with Dennis Lee and Eric Kirk. So I really hadn't thought about talking about it again until today that I heard about Pepe Le Pew and even Speedy Gonzalez being in the crosshairs of uh, liberal uh, assassins, if you would. I mean, you know, Pepe Le Pew, a skunk with a French, French accent, they're saying, uh, presents a bad image of, 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 I guess, men taking advantage of women, which, um, you know, I, I can see maybe where that's gov where governor Cuomo went wrong. He must've watched a lot of Pepe Le Pew cartoons when he was younger. Although I'm not quite sure, not really sure. Well, that's right. I think he's about 58 years old. So, you know, I, I watched Speedy Gonzalez and Pepe Le Pew. So maybe, Maybe they were still around when he was um, when he was growing up. And Speedy Gonzalez, I don't know. I, I I'm not quite sure how that's derogatory. Um, you know, a skunk with a French accent and a mouse with a Hispanic accent. I, I just, I guess, I guess it could warp kids' minds. I don't know. I mean, you know, kids usually, at least back when I was a kid and even up and, and through when my kids were young, um, you know, because cartoons even evolved over the years, uh, even through both of my kids, which there's a, there's a big gap in between their age 
Um, so, you know, there's a big cultural change between the first one and, and my last one, but the cartoons and the things that they watched just made them laugh. And, and I can honestly say, and and of course, Dennis Lee is, is one of my sons, which is on, on the, uh, on, on Trice talk, uh, the main episode that that'll actually be on tonight. So I, I really don't think that it damaged him. Uh, maybe he can speak for himself if he wants to tonight, but I, I have never noticed any damage that may have been caused by some of the cartoons. Um, I believe fat Albert was one of the things that, um, was a big deal when he was young and also a series called banana splits. Uh, I can see where that could have warped some people's minds too. And, and there's probably not anybody listening to this ever heard of the banana splits. But if you go back to the seventies and look them up, um, it's a bunch of characters dressed in costumes, but they, they always, they played music too. They played instruments and stuff. It's kind of like the monkeys, except they were dressed up as characters. So, you know, um, that's, that's why I decided I wanted to do, do another session tonight, another episode on this subject. And, and so in, with thinking about that in mind, I started looking for stuff. Well, you know, what, what can I find that, that addresses this, but kind of comes at it at a little bit different angle. And I saw this article on Mike Huckabee's evening edition, uh, which was talking about the same cancel culture issues that I'm talking about right now. And, uh, just said that cancel culture is running rampant in our country at least while they can. And in his article, he references another article, which he often does. Uh, Mike Huckabee usually does a, a, a short uh, summary of someone else's article, and then he'll give you the reference to that. So you can go check that article out. So a lot of times I'll do that if there's enough time, or if I can't get enough out of, out of his, 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 um, his article. I'll go to the next one, the main source, and, and try to pull some information out of that. So anyway, I went to that article that he was referencing, which is by Laura Ainsworth, uh, which I believe she's a staff writer on Huckabee's uh, publication. Anyway, she wrote this article on March the 3rd of this year, which uh, was right after uh, Dr. Seuss's birthday. And I want to read this article, which is is pretty much addresses liberals canceling works by people like Dr. Seuss and, and people like Mark Twain. But at the end of the article, this is, this is really the neat thing. At the end of the article, she wrote a, a, a parody, uh, which is kind of like on the style of a Grinch stole Christmas, but it's really, I thought it was neat. And, and I want to, I want to do that at the end of the article and uh, hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy it as, as much as I did. Of course, if you're a, a staunch liberal, you're probably not listening to me anyway, but if you are and you do listen to me, you may not enjoy this parody at the end. So let me start with this. The article reads as follows. And again, this article is by Laura Ainsworth. In 1998, on March the 2nd, Dr. Seuss's birthday, 
The day was dubbed in his honor, Read Across America Day. In stories like The Sneetches, he directly addressed social issues such as racism and tolerance at a time when these concepts were largely ignored, emphasizing to children how deep down we as human beings transcend superficial differences. However, he didn't address racism in exactly the way anti-racist in 2021 say he should have. To leftists who are always moving the goalpost, Dr. Seuss wasn't woke enough and didn't go far enough, offering only a general message of acceptance when he should have gone on to address structural power imbalances. I mean, keep in mind now, these books were for kids, right? And some of his drawings intended to suggest different ethnicities. I love that word are interpreted as racist today because of their exaggeration of some physical characteristics. Now, I'm going to stop here. I Don't most cartoon characters or, or drawings of that nature exaggerate physical characteristics? I'm just saying. Um, even the cartoons in the... In the <laughs> Newspapers of old, you know, generally the more popular ones always exaggerated uh, people's appearance. I always figured that was a way just to, uh, you know, that the, that the cartoonist wasn't able to really draw people very well. So they just exaggerated them so they didn't have to, you know, get, get too carried away. Or really it shouldn't matter in a cartoon, right? But um, anyway, so because of the exaggeration of some of the physical characteristics, that's what drew some attention. I believe at least what critics will say to some of the uh, Dr. Seuss stuff. But anyway, this started with an accusation by the Southern poverty law center, which condemned him for signs of anti orientalism or orientalism. I'm sorry. Orientalism. <laughs> and anti-blackness. Dr. Seuss cannot defend himself being, after all, dead. But anyone with half a brain, this ex excludes most leftists, I realize, who has read his books should know how he felt about race and see that his modern depiction of him is wrong. This modern depiction of him is wrong. He wanted to show the absurdity of racism. Doesn't matter. Dr. Seuss was dishonored and essentially canceled by President Biden on his birthday. His name was literally written out of the proclamation for this year's Read Across America Day. And Dr. Seuss's business enterprises, the business dedicated to preserving and protecting the author's legacy, announced it would pull six of his books from publication due to allegedly racist and insensitive imagery. Now, I've only seen, today was the first day that I've actually seen one of the images that has been called into question. Uh, 
you know, I've been watching the news story ever since it broke last week. So I, I, when I saw it, I, I thought, well, okay, I can understand where some people are coming from with that. Or I can understand why they attacked it. I had never, I have to say at this point, I've never read all of Dr. Seuss's books. In fact, you know, the major ones, the cat and the hat and the green eggs and ham. And uh, of course the Grinch who stole Christmas. Uh, those were the ones that we had for some reason. Uh, I don't believe we had all of the books and actually I had none of them. They were my cousins that had the books. Um, I had a completely different childhood, which is not important here, but I'm just saying I had never seen some of the things that were being talked about, about the books that they were wanted to pull. I'd never even seen those books and I wished I had. And I actually went last week trying to, to find a copy of one or two of them just so I, I was going to buy them and, and look at them so I could understand because I don't want to, uh, you know, come back at something when I, I don't, I can't really relate to it. I can't, well, I've never read it. So I, I don't know what they're talking about, but uh, I couldn't find any. So, But looking at the, the image that they had on, on the news yesterday, okay, I can see where somebody started with that. And if there's some others like it, I can see where where they were raising some questions. But then that's taking that picture out of the context of the book, and then it's taking it completely out of the context of the story. So back to the article, standards certainly do change. It was just six years ago that the then first lady, Michelle Obama, participated in a Dr. Seuss reading with a room full of kids in cat in the hat hats. So she evidently wore a cat in the hat hat. I kind of remember that picture. Even President Obama, in a live appearance, cited the story of the Sneetches as one way to learn about racism and treating each other the same. And I have to say here, I never read the Sneetches either. Never even heard of the Sneetches until this controversy came around. Ah, but now in this age of anti-racism, we're not supposed to treat each other the same. If Dr. Seuss were still with us, he might agree that some of his artwork from decades ago seem stereotypical or unflattering today, and he might even want to revise them. Who knows? But he isn't here. There has to be a way to treat classic books such as these and others like Mark Twain's masterpiece, Huckleberry Finn, so that young people will see them in the context of their times and understand that their intended messages were against racism. But don't expect public schools to do it. Dr. Seuss never could have anticipated how leftists in the 2020s would try to force change in our culture. Never one to let a good parody go to waste. And this is the author saying, I decided to write one in honor of Dr. Seuss, who would have been 117 years old on Tuesday, March the 2nd. The parody is called How the Left Stole Reading. And again, it's a parody of 
How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Laura Ainsworth. Every kid down in Kidville liked reading a lot, but the left, who controlled education, did not. They wouldn't say why, but we all know one reason. To read the wrong book means you're guilty of treason. They also just hated the folks on the right. They said we're oppressors, at least, if we're white. But I think that they most likely reason of all may have been that their brains were two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, their brains or their hate, they canceled the books that they deemed out of date. They started, they stared at the kids from their ivory tower while focusing all of their brainwashing power. We can't let them read, Dr. Seuss, they exclaim. We have had to get started erasing his name. We'll target six books with some troublesome art while keeping in mind that it's only the start. Kids love Dr. Seuss, said the folks on the right. They knew they were facing a censorship fight. He taught children how to be loving and kind and how they could grow up to be colorblind. Colorblind, screamed the left, their eyes practically bleeding. We must find a way to keep children from reading, to think the unwokeness their minds could retain. They're reading the Bible. They're reading Mark Twain. And old Dr. Seuss, he's the worst of the lot. If kids want to read him, we'll say they must not. We'll say he's a bigot and lacks credibility and give all the children that book, White Fragility. We'll find all the books that aren't focused on race and gather them up and we'll hide them someplace. We'll substitute books that reflect our obsession with transgender studies and racial oppression. The kids down in Kidville would all cry boo-hoo when they found out what leftists decided to do. The fun books were gone and they felt really sad. The white kids were taught they deserved to feel bad. But parents arose. They had quite they had had quite enough. They fought for their kids and it got pretty rough. They went to the school board and all had their say. And their courage and heart grew three sizes that day. They brought back the books that the left had rejected and made sure that freedom of speech was protected. The books were all safe and were put to good use. And we ourselves honor the ones by Dr. Seuss. I love that. Uh, I knew when I, when I read the whole article and I saw that, I said, you know, <laughs> got to use that. Um, I wish I could kind of write those things. I mean, a parody of, you could think of how many parodies you could do of the things that the left have just, must be driving them crazy right now. There's there's so many things that they want to change about our society. There's so many things they want to take away from conservatives and they want to force this new, this new utopian idea on everybody in this country. And either, you know, either we come on board or they're going to force us or 
or push us out of the way. Um, it's really sad. And I, I can't help but believe that not all Democrats feel that way. I, I, I mean, as I've said before on, on the regular show, um, I come from a long line of Democrats back in Texas and bless their heart. I loved them very much and they were very kind and, and warm people. Um, but philosophically, we, we, I, I kind of went a different direction as I became a little older and, um, but I believe there's a lot of people like my, my relatives in this country today still that are Democrats that don't believe all the garbage that's being pushed on the country. This, this effort to try to change everything. And now, you know, this cancel culture, just part of it, but now they're trying to even take the steps in the name of fair elections to make it to where honestly that the, they can never be taken out of power. They think by giving everything that they're trying to give away to people that never would have, you couldn't imagine 10, 15 years ago. They think they're going to build a, a bigger base and such a broad and huge base that Republicans or conservatives will never be able to be involved in, in power in this country again. And what a warped sense of purpose these people must have that they think that they know best for everybody and, and that what they do is better than what anybody else could do. Now, you know, I've said this before, there's, Republicans haven't been always very good about doing the things that they were supposed to be doing when they had the opportunity, when they were in power. And there are some philosophical differences between Democrats and Republicans. And those things will never change. But there's also a lot of areas that are gray that should, should blend and should be supported by both sides, but not not total control, not, not total takeover of the government. So nobody else ever has a, a, a way of injecting ideas and their voices into the, the, into the governing process in this country, you know? So this cancel culture thing is just, just part of the whole picture for liberals. And I'm hoping that that there's enough people watching what's going on uh, if you're on the left you're watching this and you're you're realizing that no this this isn't right this is too much this is this is not what needs to happen in this country because like i said i know there's a lot of good people on both sides and and we've spent far too much time you know, fighting with each each other over the last several years uh, and, and missing the points, really. It's all been more about personalities than it has been about really what's what's right and wrong and what's best for the country. 
And if you don't do what's best for the majority of the country, uh, it's really going to get bad. Because this country can't can, can't succeed without both sides participating. If you try to eliminate just about half of the country in voices, you're going to fail. You're going to collapse on your own weight. So anyway, that's, that was, uh, I wasn't going to get into that, but this, this whole cancel culture thing, there's, there's needs to be discussions about these things that you don't like and you don't, you don't agree with. And maybe some things could be tweaked, uh, you know, like in the Dr. Seuss thing, um, in the books that they're worried about the imagery, you know, I don't see why those things could not be adjusted. Uh, leave the story alone. If the story is not a problem in itself and get somebody to adjust the images on there. I mean, I think that would be better than just banning the books and, and, and getting rid of them all together because it's a story that matters. So anyway, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that little parody at the end and uh, that article. And like I said, uh, Mike Huckabee has, uh, he comes out with a morning edition, I believe in an evening edition of his newsletter every day. And if you're a conservative, you may want to check it out. Uh, he links to a lot of great articles uh, that go into depth about things that he just kind of touches on lightly. And um, it's a good source for, for keeping up with some things that are going on today. So anyway, I appreciate you spending a little time with me tonight. Uh, well, it's actually morning. I'm sorry. I <laughs> forget about that. It's early in the morning. But uh, we will be back tonight with the regular Trice Talk with myself, Dennis Lee, and Eric Kirk. Uh, we'll be on at 11 p.m. live. And I uh, hope everybody can join us. We'll be doing some uh, more political talk tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow night on Wednesday, it will be um, our fun episode where we don't talk about politics and we only do things that make us laugh and uh, cut up. So hopefully um, you can catch one or both of the upcoming episodes. Anyway, I'm Donald Wayne and I appreciate you listening to Trice Talk mini pod. Stay safe, everybody.